0: Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais with another episode of The Yakking Show. Uh, Unfortunately, on this show, I'm not going to be doing a lot of yakking. It's over to Kathleen and our guest. I'm getting rid of a cold, so I'm not going to do a lot of talking. But this is a show where we bring you interesting guests to expose you to opportunities and ideas. First, let's introduce co-host Kathleen Beauvais from Waterloo, Ontario. Hi, Kathleen. How are you today?
1: i'm doing great peter <clears throat> yes i am i am doing great peter and um i uh, hope you get better very soon thank you all so very much for tuning into our show we so appreciate you and we love reading your comments so please keep those coming and if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show all you have to do is visit our, our website at the click on the contacts tab and fill out a short application form we would love to hear from you and as Peter mentioned, we have another special guest with us today. We're very excited to have Shiraz Babu. Hello, Shiraz, how are you?
2: I am wonderful, Kathleen. Thank you guys for having me on the show.
1: Oh, it's a, it's a, an absolute pleasure. You are the founder of energetic Magic. You help entrepreneurs increase their income, the number of clients, and free time while decreasing their stress. Can't wait to delve into this topic, but first, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you embarked on a journey to help people uncover their subconscious blocks?
2: Well, sure, and like with most stories, this I, I learned to do this because I had a bunch of subconscious blocks to uncover myself. So uh, it's, it really started when I was in university. I was studying to be a doctor. And I was a bodybuilder. I know it's hard to tell I've stopped, but I was a bodybuilder back then. And and everything was just set. My life was, was, was laid out. I knew what I was going to do. And the world was my oyster. Except the world didn't give me pearls. It gave me arthritis. Oh. So within months, I was in intense pain from head to toe. There were nights where I would sip my dinner through a straw because oh. my jaw was so swollen and painful that I couldn't move it. And as my body began to deteriorate, the cartilage started to dissolve. So eventually there was no cartilage between my ankles and my shins. So I was grinding bone on bone as I walked. So this became my life. And you may not have gone through this kind of physical trauma, but have you been in the situation where you've got the plan laid out, you're ready to execute the plan, and out of nowhere, bam, that plan is gone. Mm -hmm. And you're left (laughs) scrambling. So that's, that's where I was. So there were all those emotions coming up. I was, I was frustrated. I, I went into despair. I was angry. I started getting into self-judgment and self-pity about what was going on. I'm asking, why did this happen to me? What, what did I do to deserve this? Right. And what am I supposed to do now? Cause right. I can't go on with the life I wanted to get on.
1: Right.
2: Now, eventually I learned to tolerate the pain and, and get moving in my life. At the same time, I was trying to get out of it, so I was trying medication. Medication didn't work, mm. and uh, and don't get me started on childproof caps for arthritis. That's just evil and should be oh. abolished.
1: <laughs> right. uh,
2: diet supplements didn't work. Mm. I, I started doing things like yoga and acupuncture, magnets, like anything that people said they've had success. I would try, and sometimes they would work for a little while, and then I would just it would stop again. So. I couldn't figure out why this was going on and why it just kept showing up over and over again and why other people could get out of it and I couldn't. And it was almost 18 years later before I met the guy that would show me how reality actually worked. And and that's not the lesson I wanted to go into. I was just trying to get rid of arthritis, but I went to this guy to help me with the arthritis and it was in India. So I flew to India and because it was there, I thought he was going to do some sort of Reiki healing, going like, Shraza, we're going right. to heal everybody. And I was open to that at that point. I'm like, yes, okay, absolutely do that. But he didn't. He just talked to me for almost for over two weeks. And it was like being with a psychiatrist, only he wasn't trying to solve anything. He was just gathering all this information on my life.
1: Hmm. And
2: then at the end of the two weeks, he goes, Shiraz, you believe you're responsible for everyone in your life. And I said, no, I don't. He said, I know you don't think you do, but from everything you've told me, you've created this belief that you need to be responsible for everyone. And it started when you were eight years old. So I said, okay, I know I'm responsible. I am a very responsible person, but I don't think I'm responsible for everyone. That's just crazy.
1: (laughs) So he actually knew that this started when you were eight years old?
2: Because I was, for two weeks, I was giving him my entire life oh, story. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everything from from as early as I could remember. Like, sometimes I was wondering, why is he even asking me this? What does this have to do with arthritis now? What, is, what, what, what happened when I was in school when I was six have to do with what's going on? Mm. But I didn't know the process. I was just going along with it.
1: Sure.
2: And so uh, he said, like, I was like, well, what does this have to do with arthritis? And he goes, well, you don't want to be responsible for everyone. I said, yeah, of course. And he goes, if you're lying in bed in pain, you don't have to be responsible for anyone and you don't have to feel guilty about it. If people can see you're struggling just to go get through your day, they won't ask you to take care of them. This is the solution to a problem you don't realize you have. That makes sense. Yeah, except at the moment I was like, well, that's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness!
2: Right. Wow.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And so, okay. So yeah. it, it keep going, Shiraz. And and so he talked to you for two weeks, and then you started to it started to change your thought process. And then,
2: so he told me that most chronic illnesses are solutions for problems people don't realize they have. Right, and. When I, when I thought about it and it really started to sink in, I said, okay, if what you're saying is true, then all I have to do is say, I'm not going to be responsible for anyone but me and I shouldn't have arthritis. It should just magically go away. And he said, yes, if you actually believe it deep down that mm-hmm. you don't need to be responsible, then you don't need the arthritis. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'm not going to be responsible for anyone but me. And you know what happened in that moment? Nothing. So, but the next morning I woke up, no pain, no inflammation, more mobility. I could even breathe, better. it was weird. I could fill my lungs with more air. So I'm freaking out right? because you don't go through 18 years of arthritis and then it's gone overnight because some guy said, stop being responsible. And yet here we were. Right?
1: But then you had to have believed it. Deep down, you had to have believed when you uttered those very words, Mm, I'm not responsible for, but how did you change your mindset so quickly? Because I'm thinking of my own situations where, you know, I I feel responsible for this person Mm. and that person and this person, and I don't think I could convince myself, I could say it out loud, I could say the words, but I don't think I could feel detached and kind of break that connection
2: and i i understand that and that's why it happened when it happened because if he had said that earlier i wouldn't have but i had been through so much pain so much suffering so much deterioration of my body that i'm like you know what if that's what it takes i'm gonna do it
1: mm, okay
2: <clears throat> and then it happened
1: wow Un- unreal! Wow, that's amazing, Peter. Sorry, yeah. go
0: ahead. <laughs> no, that's interesting. What I wanted to ask you, and I should have picked this up from your website, was what happened to the medical training in those eighteen years? Did you continue to that with that?
2: The oh no, no, I I stopped as soon as I I couldn't move. <laughs> so, okay, like yeah, with within like within a month of, of realizing I had the arthritis, I I had to drop that was it. I couldn't actually get to university. I couldn't leave sure. bed. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Yeah. Right okay so uh, yeah i had ended up taking a uh uh getting a degree in computer science because i could sit my at at home doing computer work and it was easy sure. and so that's that's where i ended up doing and yeah and that was my career for like probably fifteen years or so so um but yeah it's i just i had to give up on the medical thing mm-hmm. and so yeah so now i'm 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 walking around I'm checking my body I am I'm freaking out and what was funny is there's a track at the place we were at and I was on that track every day because I'm trying to stay healthy and fit but I'm walking around doing like my old man shuffle like I'm 70 years old because it felt like I was in the body of a 70 year old even though I was in my 20s and uh or I guess 30s at that point but I'm actually getting passed by people that are in, in their 70s because I'm like that mm-hmm. far gone, right? But this particular day, I'm out on that track and I'm passing everyone. I'm passing people younger than me. I'm weaving in and out. And they're looking at me going, what the hell? Because they've seen me for the last two yeah. weeks struggling. Right? So Excellent. And Very good. When yeah. <laughs> I got home, no one asked me to take care of them because that was a belief created by an eight-year-old that didn't actually apply but I've been living in this as though I'm still eight years old and and making this decision. I need to take care of everything.
0: Right. Right. Wow. Amazing. So one thing I wanted to ask you on your website, you talk about um, example of a singer who sabotages him or herself because of an unrecognized fear. Um, So you, you've sort of described the concept of if you're being safe, doesn't mean being happy. Do you want to expand on that a little bit more for our audience?
2: Yeah. So most people are going through this world trying to be safe Mm
0: -hmm. and we're
2: actually programmed to put safety over everything else Mm -hmm. because hundreds of thousands of years ago, if you weren't being safe, you get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. That's just what happens. And that programming is still in us. So we're constantly looking out for where is the danger and how do I be safe? Except our lives are quite different now. So safety can be I don't want to get embarrassed by what I do I don't want people to think bad things about me right uh for me safety was I don't want to feel guilty in that I know I can't help everyone but I feel I have to so how do I keep safe get arthritis now there's no guilt involved
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and here's the thing your mind will try to avoid emotional distress over physical circumstances it prioritizes the emotional over the physical. So, and the three biggest emotions it tries to avoid are uh, guilt, shame, and heartbreak. Mm. It will do whatever it can to make sure you don't experience those or that there's even the possibility that you might experience those. So this isn't just a conversation about illness. This is a conversation about everything, All right? right. I, I realized I had capped my income. And I, I, couldn't figure out why I couldn't get past. It was my income was like at one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, and I couldn't get past it ever, ever, ever. And, um, and I, there would even be reverses if I tried to get above it. My income would go down, as though no, don't even think about trying to go down. And then eventually, I, I, I remembered because I, I did a similar technique to what he did, and went back through my, my whole childhood. And I remembered when I was younger, people were like saying, "You're going to do great things because I, I." I have a genius level IQ. So I was doing really well in school. I was accomplishing a lot of stuff. And so they were saying, you're going to do so well. And when you do, we get to come along for the ride. We basically saying, we get to ride on your coattails. We get to spend your money. we get, And that that hit me. And so I thought, well, if I make too much money, then all these people are going to come up and say, you need to spend it on us. Can we have some? Like, And I didn't want to do that. And I didn't want to feel shame for turning people away if they had money. So my brain said, well, here's a safe amount of money you could have that you're comfortable, you're doing well, but you don't have to worry about people coming up and saying, we're gonna we need some of your money. And when I realized, oh, let's let go of that, my income started to go up again.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. Wow. Now, can you talk about some of the therapies that you went through to clear some of your subconscious beliefs that you were that were holding you back? What are the specific therapies that I know you said that he talked to you for for a couple of weeks, but what was, can you give us a little bit more um, in terms of techniques, possibly, and therapies that was used on you?
2: So I've, I've worked with a lot of modalities, and each of them has their strengths and their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And the key thing in it is getting you to recognize where you're trying to be safe. And oftentimes it's, it's not what you think because a lot of the times you're, you're looking for the physical solution. So I was trying drugs and uh, diet and whatever to take care of the arthritis. I was looking for the physical solution, but that, there wasn't a physical solution. Those had to fail because they put me in distress. They put me into guilt because then I'd be well, I'd feel guilty. Brain is always prioritizing avoidance of emotional distress so when you're looking for a the solution for a problem it's a, if it's a physical problem you have to go and start thinking well where's the emotional impact here and there's always two things number one is it's currently helping you avoid an emotional problem or if you let it go it will cause an emotional problem right <laughs> so there's um for, for instance one one of my clients she she was just living paycheck to paycheck She's like, I'd like to make more. I'd like to have savings, but I keep living paycheck to paycheck. But when we delved into it, we found out that if people ask her to do things that she doesn't want to do, she can say, I'm sorry, I can't afford it. So it was an immediate payoff without feeling guilty because she physically didn't have any money, but she didn't have to do anything she didn't want to and give a no because her biggest thing was, I don't want to feel bad for saying no because they might get upset with me. They might think less of me that I don't want to do the thing they want to do. So there was an immediate payoff, but then she also had this thing that the time she had started to make money, her daughter would spend the money and she couldn't say no to her daughter. She'd feel guilty if she said no to her daughter. So she had to make sure she didn't have money so that in the future, if she had money, she didn't go into guilt for saying no to her daughter. So she put a whole bunch of different reasons into living paycheck to paycheck and why that's so wonderful, but it was all unconscious.
1: Hmm.
2: And consciously, she's like, I hate living paycheck to paycheck. I want this to stop. So when it comes down to with the various techniques, it's going from the physical to the emotional, right? As soon as you can, you can start doing that with anything in your life, you're going to find out where the problems are. It'll, it'll just start popping up. You'll, you'll be like, Oh my God, it's this. And that's what I have with a lot of my clients is you start bringing up the questions and then they go, oh, this happened when I was seven. And, and, and you're, and, and it was an emotional impact. And you're trying to make sure that you never go through that emotional impact again. So you've created this whole reality around that. But of course, that emotional impact was the emotional impact on a seven-year-old. As an adult, you can deal with that, no problem. But you're still thinking it's going to feel like it did when you were seven. Wow. Interesting.
0: Eh? Here's one for you. Um, you. You you found your expert in India. Yeah and i'm speaking as a westerner but it appears to me that the eastern philosophies are much more open to the concept of subconscious beliefs holding us back and and helping us go forward it, there seems to be a huge difference between eastern philosophy and western on that is that true
2: in your experience yes, yes it's it's absolutely true the wonderful thing is that it's starting to merge mm-hmm because experiments in quantum physics are proving what they're saying in spirituality <sighs> right? so uh one of the things that they've done one of my favorite experiments was for years they were trying to figure out is light a particle or is it a wave they couldn't figure it out because sometimes it showed up as a particle sometimes a wave and now they know it's both but now they're finding out the rules around that because there was one experiment where they did it and you'd shine light through a slit and then it go through another slit and then it do a pattern on the wall and they had it set up so that that pattern always shows light is a particle. And they did it over and over again. Light is always a particle. And then someone said, hey, but what if there's what if there are still waves in there? And they're like, no, this proves it's a particle. I said, yeah, but what if just the particles are getting through the slit, but there are waves before the slit, and they're not getting through the slit? And they're like, oh, my God, now we've got to test for that. So they got a detector that looks for waves, and they put it before one of the slits. And when they did that, the pattern on the wall changed to waves. Now, that, ah. that detector shouldn't interfere with the experiment. It's just looking for waves. It's not putting anything into the experiment. Yeah. What they found out is when you look for a wave, you get a wave. When you look for a particle, ah. you get a particle. get a particle. This is happening at a quantum level. And as they continued with more experiments, they found out that they would get different results in the exact same experiment with different scientists because each scientist had preconceived notions of how the experiment was right. going to go. And that's how the experiment would go, because you, at a quantum level, whatever you expect happens. And when you magnify that out to our macro level, whatever you expect at an unconscious level, not your conscious level, because 95% of the processing is going to get unconscious, is what manifests in your life. This is now proven with science. Oh,
1: fascinating. Oh, my gosh. Oh, can you tell us about the courses you offer and what people can expect to gain from them?
2: Sure. So there's two paths you can go with me. There's, there is learning, learning to clear your blocks and start manifesting the life you want. And then there's learning to do exactly what I do so you can do it for other people. And uh, most people are, are coming into what I call the ma- monthly magic program, where we meet um, a few times a month you bring up, this is what's going on in my life, and then we start clearing it. And the cool thing is, as a group, sometimes someone says, like, if you guys were in it, uh, Kathleen would say, oh, I've got this issue. And Peter's like, oh, my God, I've got that issue, too. I didn't realize it until Kathleen brought it up. And so when we work on it for Kathleen, it also gets cleared for Peter. And that's that's the beauty of that program. And uh, the the thing I found out, there's there's two elements to creating your life. That And they're fairly simple, but they're not easy. Because if they were easy, everyone would be doing it. Mm-hmm. Number one is find out what those hidden blocks are and remove them. Uh, number two is build your mental muscles so that you can focus consciously on what you want and it can show up. Right. So just like in those quantum physics experiments, it's the, that expectation. But here's the thing. In the subconscious, you can think about things constantly and not even realize you're thinking about it. In the conscious mind, people can think about things and most people can hold a thought for about seven seconds and then they go on to a different thought. In order to create manifestation, you need to hold a thought for at least 30 seconds. So one of the things I teach people is how to hold those thoughts. We give we give you exercises, we give you daily routines, and it is like going to a gym, except you don't have to go for hours a, a day. You can You can do these exercises, 10-15 minutes each day and it will teach you how to focus on what you want so that you can get the results you want but like like a gym you have to go and do it regularly you have to build those muscles mm-hmm. or they will atrophy and you'll be back where you started
1: right
2: right and this is where i find a lot of people don't get it they'll i've, I've been to a lot of programs and sessions where we're going to spend a day clearing out all your limiting beliefs it's going to be transformational Right now, if I said we're going to spend the day at the gym clear- building your muscles and then you'll be a bodybuilder for the rest of your life, like would you believe me? <laughs> right.
1: Okay. So. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about trying to hold a thought for seven seconds. I practice meditation, and on days when I don't get it right, I can't go 30 seconds without strange thoughts coming into my mind. On days when I can get it right, I can go five minutes. But uh, yeah, it's it's takes years I found to to get anywhere near there. Yeah, what I wanted to ask you though, was you, you mentioned your website some must dos for growth and potency. Can you talk about that?
2: Yeah. So the must dos, one of them is just what I talked about doing the mental exercises. Okay. Uh, number two is accepting you. Mm-hmm. So most people are like, I don't like who i am or i don't like where i am and it needs to change before i'll be happy right? i've seen, so many people i said i will be happy when i've heard that phrase so many times now what if i told you that happiness is a prerequisite to the, getting the life you want but you're stuck in i'll be happy when you are you're now screwed <laughs> there's no way you can get there sure sure <laughs> right and when you learn to to love and accept you when you learn to love and accept your past and the things you've done, then the resistance goes away, and then you can move forward. Okay. Everything is about resistance versus um, just this being in this place of choice,, right? yep. being an allowance. And when the more resistance you create, the less you're going to get in terms of results. So, and sometimes we think, well, no, I'm doing it. I have to make this work. This has to happen, right? I'm completely determined, but that's all resistance. And while you can get results, you're going through that resistance to get the results. But if you're in like, well, this is where I am right now, I'd like more, then there's no resistance. It's just acceptance of where you are. And now what what steps do I take to move forward? And you can actually get bigger results from that space than working hard and, and stressing and being so determined. It's just like, no, I'm just going to move forward. And it's easier. Mm-hmm. It's less draining. <laughs> it's...
0: Right. Sure, sure, sure. I got a follow-up one on there, that. And I'm speaking from personal experience. I'm 72 now. And I found that as I've got older, I, it's become far easier for me to be comfortable with who I am, with all my warts and blemishes and successes and failures. When I was back in the corporate world in my 30s and 40s, I was very much, I'll be happy when... Um, and it took some major upsets in life for me to get through that. So do you also find with a lot of people, it becomes easier as they get older to become
2: comfortable? Yes and no. Okay. So it's it's like this uh, this bell curve in that when you're yeah. younger, you haven't learned the crap yet. Yeah. So if you get taught this stuff younger, then you just excel. But as you get older, more and more crap gets there. So now it's harder to get rid of it and get to that yeah. space where you are Uh, when you're like, I just don't care anymore. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Uh yeah. That's very true.
1: One of the things you teach in your courses is about teaching and responding to other people's energy. Can you talk to us a little bit about that?
2: There's there's two major things there. Number one is there's people's energy and we get into reaction in people's energy. And number two is there's us worrying about what other people think of us. And we're in reaction to that as well. Now, with people's energy, when energy and stories are contagious, you can buy, so, like, like I call it stories. This is your story of whether you should be happy, how prosperous you are, all these things. They're all contagious, and you can buy them from other people. And you can stay in it for a few seconds or for hours or for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And so when you're dealing with other people's energy, this is why they say hang out with successful people. Hang out with happy people, because this is all contagious. And so you have to look at who you're hanging out with and how happy and successful they are. And if they're not, maybe start choosing new people to hang out with. And I'm not saying abandon the people you're with, but the more people you put in, in that positive space, the more it's going to affect your life. Right. But there's also this push energy that a lot of people are in. So you've, you've heard the term pushy, pushy salesman, right? There's, there's a push energy you need to buy this. And when we're creating our lives, a lot of times when we're determined to do it, we're in this push energy that this has to happen. But when you feel push energy, you push back. So when you're putting out push energy, you have to realize that other people push back. And so you've got this dance going on. When you stop putting out push energy and you do more of an invitation, hey, let's create some magic. People get drawn into that. That's when people align with you. That's when people support you and go along with whatever business or cause you're in. Hmm. Because it's just like, hey, this is going to be fun. Let's do it. And you'll notice that with people around you too. There are certain people you're like, I want to spend more time with them. You're in the reaction to their energy.
1: Right. And then of course right. there are people that are, I call them energy vampires.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. That, yeah. Th- that,
1: and, yeah. And yeah, and they they,
2: they will they will tend to drain, drain the energy out, out of you. But here's the thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's all about your stories. So, If your story, uh, especially people that are in this, I need to help everyone. I have to take care of everyone before me. I need to be the savior. You actually unconsciously seek out energy vampires so you can help them by giving them your energy. You keep them in your life, right? They'll call you up and you're like, oh my God, I've got to deal with Frank again. Oh, but then you sit there and listen to Frank just crap about his life and and tell you how, how bad things are. And you're like, oh, and you just feel completely drained because your story matches Frank's story in that. While he's the energy vampire, you're the one with the energy to give, except then you feel drained afterwards. Hmm. Fascinating. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's amazing how it works because your stories create who shows up in your life. It creates the results you show that show up in your life. It creates everything. And one of the most amazing things that for me was when I first started doing this, I would talk about it and I would get the reaction. Oh, it's, you do that woo stuff, right? And, you know, there's no science behind it. That's just crap. And, and I get people saying that. I remember one of my friends, he, when I first got into it, we had met for dinner and he said, oh, you're an unlicensed psychiatrist, (laughs) right? And, and so when you're in reaction to that, you're in push energy, you're in the story that I, I hate people doing this to me, but that, that story that I hate people doing this to me includes people are doing this to me. So people have to keep showing up in your life. Yeah. And when I made the decision, you know what, no matter what anyone says, I'm not going to care, they can do it and I'm just going to let it fly by me. Then what I expected was life would continue with people saying this and I would just be okay. I'll just be okay with it. But what actually happened was people stopped saying it (laughs) because it didn't matter to me anymore. So it didn't show up anymore. And that's the crazy thing. The thing that you fight about over and over, the thing that you determine not to let happen, when you stop caring and you're like, if it happens, it happens, I don't care. It actually just goes away.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Incredible. Very true. Yes. Peter, I know you, you've you got a question. We're running out of time here. and I've got yeah. something
0: I must ask. Yes. We ask all our successful mm-hmm. guests this question. If, um, in your wide experience with dealing with lots of people and uh, the journey you were on yourself, there one characteristic mindset or habit that sets successful well-balanced and happy people apart from those that continue struggling
2: it's it's actually in the question Uh, the happier you are the better things turn out the more you're willing to laugh at yourself the easier life gets the more you're willing to just be silly and play and not be this mature, grown-up, responsible adult, uh, the better life gets, right? I I still will spend a Saturday morning eating Cap'n Crunch peanut butter cereal and watching <laughs> cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: oh, you know what? Uh, my goodness, this has been so enlightening and we are almost... Uh, you know short on time now Shiraz, but can you tell us how people can contact you?
2: Sure. If you go to ShirazShifts.com, as in Shiraz Shifts Your Reality, ShirazShifts.com, just go there and you'll see some uh how you can work with me, what results people have got, and you'll be able to book a a session with me so that we can find out what the main thing that is keeping you from getting your successes, you know, we'll identify it right in that session. It takes about 15 minutes.
1: Oh my goodness. Well, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today. And I certainly hope that you come back and visit us soon. We'd I love to love have it. you return.
0: Very, very much. so. Thank you. Shira.
1: Thank, you Shira. Thank you. So until next time, um, we love reading your comments again, please keep, keep them coming. And until next time, everyone take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.